0: o o mi sahana bhavantu sahana tejasvinavati tamastama vedhavahai Welcome to tonight's group discussion, where you do the talking and I watch, hopefully. Um, so before we begin, um, our normal class, uh, Kirtibai uh, uh, studies this subject as well uh, with uh, my teacher who I used to learn under in London. So he still continues going there because they're doing Bhagavad Gita text. So, I think last week's question, uh, somebody asked, who was, who was it, Uh
1: I think, uh, I think Heelam asked, uh, yeah. she asked a question about uh, this Atman Brahman, um, doesn't it do anything? What does it do? Yeah,
0: so um, there's a verse in the Gita, which uh, kirti Bhai would like to recite and spend a couple of minutes to uh, explain. Any
2: verse
0: from the Okay, the, game, the verses uh, Sorry. Any verse the from, uh, from... is worth listening to anyway. So uh, you might have to come a bit closer because it's a bit echoey. Okay. Is that better?
2: Is that better for everyone? Okay.
1: Okay. The verse is from chapter seven. Uh, chapter seven is entitled The Yoga of Knowledge and Wisdom. Nāna, Vidnāna, Yoga. Remember, any attempt for you to get back to the self is called yoga in Sanskrit and it's called religion in English. Um, Getting back to, I think I picked up on something that uh, I think Neelan was talking about again, like I said, uh, that what does this Atman Brahman do in us? Uh, And this verse basically says, Um, in in a contradictory work, in a a manner, that um, it does everything, but it does nothing. Um, The Bhagavad Gita is full of contradiction, um, and you have to study it properly to understand what it means in that given context, say, on that particular verse. So, what does it mean when we say that it does something, or it does everything, or it does nothing? With regards to you as an individual, it does nothing. It's a what we call a silent witness, a sakshi. Uh, getting back to the petrol example that Andy talked about uh, in the last couple of weeks. The petrol has no desire to go anywhere, nor does it have any desire to cause an accident, or drive safely, or get you to your destination. In the same way, the Atman within you, the aspect of Brahman, has no desire for you to be a saint, uh, or a terrorist, or whatever you're actually doing, it's only when that Brahman, which is what we call the pure consciousness, when it goes through the gunas within you, the sattva, Rajas, Tamas, it projects that to the being that you are. Um, Verse seven, I won't go through the Sanskrit, I'll go through the English translation. Um, This is the self-talking through Krishna. Of the way Krishna talks of me, with a capital M, in the Book of Peter, he refers to the self, the Brahman. There is naught higher than me. All this is strung on me as rows of gems on a string. Um, I'll read you my notes, uh, what I deciphered from that. Uh, Brahman extends everything, every being and everywhere. There exists nothing other than Brahman. The I in humans, what we say, I am this, I am that, I am young, I am tall, short, the I in humans throughout their lives, throughout the three waking, throughout the three states of waker, dreamer, and de sleeper the I is your own self. So when we refer it to it as I, that is the self. The absolute consciousness, the supreme reality, Brahman, that holds everything together like a string holds a row of gems. So getting back to it doing nothing and everything, it's an independent witness, it's a a sakshi within you, which doesn't drive you to do anything. In that way, it does nothing. But then again, when it says it does everything, the whole world, the whole universe, everything that you do, everything that the world is, it's all projected onto Brahman like a necklace. Uh, all these individual things are on that string of Brahman. That's what that verse is actually saying. Does that help in any way? Uh, I think Neelan, to answer. What does Brahman? What does Atman actually do?
3: Yeah, that's really any
1: clarification.
3: Thank you. I'm going to reflect on that.
0: <laughs> it does everything, and it does, but it does nothing.
1: Thank you. The petrol example which Raiji gives and Andy has given, I think that's the best way uh, of explaining um, you know, how it acts how, as a witness. It has no desire to do anything, but then again, without, you can't do The petrol example, the petrol doesn't want to go anywhere, but without the petrol, you can't go anywhere. In the same way, that's how the Atman functions within us. It doesn't tell you anything. It doesn't give you any prescription to do anything. But then again, without it, you can't do anything. So that's that contradiction explained, that it does nothing, but it does everything. Thank you, Kirti Okay. Um, it fits in perfectly
0: because we've just been covering that on Sundays. So um, it's very uh, useful to the group. So today's group discussion, uh, we have one question, Aruna Ben's question. Aruna, you're there
4: Yeah, good evening, yeah. I'm here.
0: Can everyone hear her? Hi. Arunaben. A
3: bit soft.
0: Just uh, talk a little bit louder.
2: Uh, hello. Can you hear me. Uh, very faintly.
4: Hello. Can you hear me?
0: Can everyone hear, Arunabin?
4: No.
0: No. We. I've sorry.
4: got the internet issues today. Sorry.
0: We can just about hear. We can just about hear you.
4: Can you hear me now? Yeah,
0: a little bit better, thank you. Hello. Please ask your question, Ramin.
4: Um, So my question was following on from Sunday's class. um, We spoke about our vasanas and how they actually kind of lead the way to what we do. From my understanding, it seems like it, it, it's re- you said, if we have good vasanas, we will be doing good things. And if we have bad vasanas, we will be doing bad things. And I felt like, it seemed like it had a lot of power, but what, what I really was wanting to know is that, how does this happen, you know, or how do we, where do these vasanas come from? Is, is it part of our personality? Um, because, you know, or, and, and characteristics, is that what we're talking about? Because you know, when a, when a child is born, we say what they become as they grow older is you know is part of their development, and their characteristics are formed through there. So you know, so I just got thinking about all of that. So I don't know, can, can you hear me?
0: Yep, we can hear you perfectly well. Great. So um, it's a more of a, a general a question on Vashna's as to. Um, an explana- a further deeper explanation of Vasanas that you're looking for um, and the fact is that um, where they come from initially. Is that right, Arunaben?
4: Yes, that's right. Yes.
0: Okay. Um, does everyone understand how what Arunaben asking? Is there any clarifications from anyone?
4: So our inherent nature. How does that develop and where does it come from?
0: Okay. Does anyone have any clarifications to run them in? Does everyone understand what she's trying to ask? Where do Vasnas come from? How does it develop? The characteristics of it? It's a very good question. Um, I'm not 100% sure if we've covered all aspects of Vasnas to be able to answer that um, clearly. At the level that we've studied so far but we'll attempt to uh try is that okay Irwin?
4: yes thank you
0: yeah because we we've just introduced that word vasnas so we've only touched okay. t- upon it
4: sorry then maybe i'm asking that question too early no
0: that's okay um we will still we will still study it to a certain extent so i open it up to the group where do vastnas come from? How are they developed in the first place? It's open to discussion. Any ideas from the group? You remember the chart? Self, vasanas, body, mind, intellect, hierarchy. Any ideas?
5: Yeah, Carol. Uh it's I don't know if it's right, but I'm just taking a guess. I think it's I mean to me I think it's tied to your karma, so which is bundled with your Atma. So when you come when you're born your when you get your your Atma, when your Atma you know get comes down. Um, the karmas that you had in your previous lives will kind of, sort of uh, influence what your vastnas are, so what your desires are. I don't know if it's right. Just guessing. No, you're 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 not far
0: off, by the way, Gil. You're not far off. I think it's a good attempt. Anyone else? Dipa, you want to take a crack at it?
3: So we we're, we're born because of our vashnas. Mm-hmm. So we, when we are born, we bring our bundle of vastness with us.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we do. Any, any so other? The,
3: I think yeah. Aruna ben asked. A, Aruna ben asked a question on reincarnation as well. I think she mentioned in her last. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure we won't be going into that today.
0: No. <laughs> Yeah, no, I don't
3: don't think so
4: much reincarnation, but about, I think what Keval was saying exactly, I I felt like maybe it is about our karmas and what we do in this life. And that goes with us our good karmas and our bad karmas.
2: Yeah.
0: Any other inputs? um
6: So I wanted to say that the desires that come forth in this lifetime if they're not exhausted and you keep feeding them then it almost starts to become so embedded and if you're not able to fulfill those what happens to those desires? so then therefore they would go to the next life because you fed them so much and it's almost like your vasna has manifested for it to be there to pass through your next life and until a an environment is conducive that's why they say things can manifest at any time? Your thoughts, desires? Is it from your vasanas or is it that it's just sprung up? Do not know if I'm explaining what?
0: Good. No, you've done, you've done very well. She learns by herself by the way. I don't teach her anything, yeah? She, she attends the same classes you do. There's no extracurriculum classes for her. Um, Any other ideas? Uh,
5: Maybe this is throwing a bit of a spanner in the works, but um, if we say, I mean, let's say I'm right in the sense that we come with our vasanas because based on the karmas that we've done previously, was there ever a point where we did have zero, or no no karma or no vasanas, and then at some point, we were, you know, we came down to earth, and we were born, and we had our Atma was joined to our body, and that, or whatever body we had, and maybe it's not in human form, but then we kind of developed karma from there. So was there a point where it was zero? Mm,
0: zero, probably not. The fact, you're, 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 you're sort of, um, you're the, what you've said, um, it becomes zero at the end, if we try to uh, work on them. But initially they're not zero because you wouldn't be born if they were zero. Yeah, and I, I will I will up on that
5: um, a bit more. So then, at some point, are we saying that some some souls or some atmas God favored and kind of gave them good rasnas and good karma, and some got bad? Or
0: it's possible. Well, let's let's, let's, let's discuss that further.
5: Because
6: we have of yeah. That's why.
0: We all have a choice of action, Sitil saying. What do you choose? Good or bad?
6: Can I can I put an input in
0: there? Uh, are we we're, asking, we're answering Aruna question? Yeah. where do come from? Yeah.
4: Uh, uh, Vasnas are when we it's our thoughts, and then we produce it into action. Yeah. And also. The, the more you think of it, the more you're going to desire for it, the more you're going to act upon it. That's how we build up our vasanas. So it could be good vasana or bad vasana.
2: Yeah, Where, what there are you is, thinking it, of?
4: Yeah, it's, it's basically thoughts. All our thoughts are
6: vasanas.
0: So the hierarchy is what? Who can remember the hierarchy? You covered it last week.
5: Atman at the top and then the body, mind and intellect below that.
0: So vasanas are dormant.
2: Inherent. Yeah. Vasanas
0: are dormant. Then they manifest as thought. You go past the shop. You You see a dress. Yeah. You didn't have a vasana for a dress. You weren't going out looking for it. But you see the dress. The vasana manifests. Ah, I like that dress. The more you look at it, the more you think about it, the thought gets stronger until it becomes a desire. And it becomes, as it becomes a desire, it becomes more difficult to control. And if you carry on thinking and thinking, the desire becomes stronger and then you need to go in there and possibly purchase, purchase it. Yeah? So this is the hierarchy. Vasanas manifest as thoughts, manifests as desires, which then manifest as action. That's the So, you don't know what vastness you've got. You don't know what vastness you've got until you're in a conducive environment, as Settle says. So there, therefore, we don't know what's within us. That's why we have to be careful. If anything manifests, you're able to control it rather than it controls you. You know, and uh, you know there are many examples. You can give extreme examples where vasna manifests and can destroy you. You would even know you had that vasna. So, where do vasnas come from? Aruna Ben wants to know. You've all touched upon it. So Kerval was uh, nearly right. They come from your past lives. So the vasanas you carry, whichever vasanas you exhaust right to, um, in this lifetime, you've exhausted them. But whatever vasanas you, um, which are unfulfilled will carry on to your next life. Shashi?
7: Is it from your past karmas? Is it to do with your past karmas?
0: Yeah, it is. Absolutely. So what we're saying is um, vasanas are carried forward from one life to another. There is a really good explanation, but it's a little bit, very in, uh, it's quite deep. And I think we wouldn't do it justice if I like, explained it to you in, um, in this class. Um, but um, at the moment, if you just understand that vasnas are carried forward yeah, from one lifetime to another, that would be sufficient. And the whole idea of reducing your desires is so that you get to the state of de- a state of desirelessness, so there are no thing, nothing to carry forward. That's the state of self-realization. But the problem is that we keep adding desires. It's never-ending because we're not actively trying to reduce them. You have to actively try and use them Um, Reduce them using the three yogas, which we covered last week. They help you reduce your desires. So, desires are carried forward. It's like energy. You cannot get rid of energy. There is a demand. You have a desire for something. That desire cannot disappear. It will stay with you. That's why they say, be careful what you desire for. Arunaben?
4: Yes, thank you, that, that's really good. Thank
0: you so, um, so that's where these uh, vasanas come from, um, which, w- which is where we're gonna stop at as far as vasanas are concerned. There is a deeper um, explanation, but it would be too deep for our class right now. You, you, you won't benefit from it, that's why, if I explained it to you uh, at this moment in time. Um, so our idea is to exhaust our vasanas. And as Sital said, we have a good and bad vastness. is based on our choices. What choices are we making? Are we making good choices? Are we making bad choices? you're making bad choices, then you're increasing bad vastness. That's why they say, live by the scriptures, then you won't make bad choices. And as far as the personality is concerned, um, I don't know ben, as far as vastness and personality is concerned, your personality is based on your vastness. And that may keep changing. A bad person can become good, a good person can become bad. So, if you want to stop this cycle of birth and death, exhaust your vastness. So now, if you then ask the question, does everyone, is everyone okay with that? Where do vastness come from? They come from your past life. So the ultimate question, which you you should be thinking now is, where did they came from in the first place? Which I can see what I'm actually thinking about already.
2: Where did the first class come from? Who's got their mic on? Someone's
0: got their mic on. Nina, you got this. Can everyone make sure they turn their mics off, please? There's a lot of crackling coming.
2: coming. Nina Ben, could you please turn your microphone off? Thank you. So the question is, where did the First Fastness come from? Any idea
0: any idea where did the verse vastness come from? See in order to ask that question it that's the same as asking why did God create this universe
2: So we won't delve into that at the moment there is. So why, where
0: did the first vastness come from? It's like asking, why did God create the universe? So we won't, we won't go into that right now. Is that, does, that, does that make sense, Evan? I've, I've watched it up for a reason, because somebody, some people may be thinking it. Where do they come from? It's like asking, why did God make this
2: universe and everything in it? There is an answer to that as well, by the way, but we won't be going into that right now.
0: So, um, any other questions or any clarifications to that? Dharmesh?
8: No, no, I don't have any clarification, but I have a question from last Sunday. Okay. As I said before, if this is a philosophy, and religion is man-made, why do we study religion at all, and why do we use it as a filter? Because it's just another filter we're looking through, that contaminates our view of our Atma.
2: Yeah,
0: good question. Does everyone understand Dharmesh's question? Or Dharmesh's dilemma? So, opening up to the group, why do we study religion? He's asked, when it acts as a filter to
2: the Akhman.
3: Deepa? So, my understanding is religion is man made where when we're similar to when andy gave the example of the the blind men describing the elephant so every re- religion only has a, a very small view of the actual the vedanta philosophy and we're trying to look at the whole picture to understand it in full
0: We're trying to look at the whole elephant. Deepa, is that what you're trying to say? We're trying to look at the whole elephant.
3: Yes, we're trying to describe the whole elephant and understand what it's all about.
0: Okay, good. You're all familiar with that um, poem, isn't it? Blind Man and the Elephant. Okay, great. Otherwise it may sound a bit strange. (laughs) Okay, any other inputs? Okay.
2: Oh, I, was
3: gonna, I was gonna say um, I think the, the thing is like with any information it kind of meets you where you are so you can only learn something at the level of your intellect that's developed so you know I feel that religion has its place for when this you, you know f- to help us kind of I, don't, I I'm not articulating it properly, but what I'm saying is that there is a time and place where for many people, religion helps them even come to an idea of the self or something greater. And then as your subtle intellect develops, you then become more open to not just see parts of the elephant and maybe see a little bit more or try to see more.
2: Yeah,
0: absolutely in could you move your laptop so I can see your face? Because we only can see that. Oh, that's better. <laughs> I can only see your scalp. Any other um, valuable inputs?
1: Okay. Um, as I said earlier, at the beginning, um, yoga is like it says in the Bhagavad Gita, is every attempt to get to the self is called yoga in Sanskrit. It's called religion in English. So every religion, for all the variety of humans in the world, they have a different religion. It's just a different path to get to the self. So when you're talking about, say, Islam, Hinduism, you're talking about Christianity, they're all paths to the same goal. That's what religion is.
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> what Darmesh is probably trying to say is that he's trying to segregate religion from the philosophy of it. Uh, whereas Vedanta is obviously the philosophy of all religions. Yeah. Uh, and it's just the fact that how, whatever religion you're born into, yeah, you would probably end up Following that, because that's what you've been taught since you've grown up, or while you were growing up. Okay. Um, so you know, it's it, it to to answer Darmishi's question, Darmishi. It is. It's just the path to the self. It's just which path you're taking, what religion you're following, but the path is still the same.
0: Path is still the same. Okay. Any other inputs? Yep. Okay, well.
5: I have a bit of a different view on it. Uh, I don't know if it's right or wrong, um, but my view is sort of like religion is sort of a way of life. So if we look at the yugas, there's four yugas, and at some point when when uh, you know things started becoming worse as the yugas progressed, there was conditioning needed because us as humans can't understand the Vedas, which is why it's split up into four pieces. Um, and all of these things came into being. And uh, because of that, we've got religion to kind of condition us to kind of understand it. Uh, so that's why also certain religions are sort of like Seva-based um, or like, you know, um, based on physical physical work. There's some religions based on devotion. And you've got to, that's where your inherent nature has a lot more devotion. So you will tend to kind of gravitate towards those kind of religions. I mean, that's my view. I don't know if it's
0: right. No, you're absolutely correct, by the way. Well done. You are right, correct. Any other inputs?
6: Mm,
2: No?
0: So what's the difference between religion and philosophy we're studying? You're all religious, and now you're studying this philosophy. Why, Why? what is the difference from from your perspective then? You've, you're you experiencing both? Or you have experienced religion, and now you're experiencing this. What's the difference? Shashi? Um,
7: from my personal point of view, I feel like religion is, um, it's like a set of rules that you follow your religion is given to you. So in our case, when we were too young to decide, we were made dharmi. So because we were made dharmi, our religion is actually given to us. And I'm sure like Christianity, when they do baptism, so that means their religion is being given, the religion is being given to you at that time during that ceremony. And again, you know, normally people get baptized when they're just babies, etc. Yeah. Um, yeah. The philosophy side, I feel like, I feel like the religion is more about doing and doing and doing. Do this, do this, do this, do this.
2: Do's and, and don'ts.
7: Yeah, it's more, 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 yeah. Do's and don'ts, yeah. And philosophy is more a spiritual path where you're discovering more about your, about the, the spirit, spiritual path and nature of life and the Atman. Yeah. That
0: that's kind of how I see it. No, no you're perfectly right to uh, see it in that way. That's absolutely right. Any other input? Religion and philosophy.
4: I I think it's Aruna here. I think religion. So who's talking? Aruna. Yes, Aruna. Yeah. I think really, uh, religion is more rituals.
0: More rituals. Um,
4: yeah and it's told to do follow certain ways and certain you know actions and things that we have to do um Mm -hmm. and whereas uh this is actually you know philosophy is more about thinking and then there is also there's also a path to this but you're actually involving different i think thought processes um but both i think can lead to um just you're just trying to better yourself i think in life
0: yeah absolutely it
4: has a place in life i think
0: definitely yeah. definitely any other inputs philosophy and religion butiban um
2: would
3: you say that most religious Religious things or religious acts—you can't really question them. If you do question them, there isn't always a concrete answer. Where in philosophy, there is some kind of science or some kind of um, backing on most of the things.
0: Definitely, absolutely. With uh, philosophy, you you have to think about it, and the answer is given to you, but you need to get to the answer yourself. It's like, you know, the equation where you have to find X. The answer is given to you. We have to work out what X is in the equation. Similarly, here, the answer is given to you, you are the self, but you have to find how to get to the self. So that's where the philosophy comes in. You start thinking about how do I work out to get to the answer, What's, what's X? And that's the discovery. That's where you put the effort in the thinking. Does that make sense? Yeah. You're all mathematicians here, so I'll give you a mathematic example. Any other inputs? Philosophy and religion. You're all doing very well, by the way. Just Ben, you're very quiet today.
6: Well, my the way I would describe it is like Philosophy to me is the theory behind what religion is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Religion, as like everybody else says, is just practice, whereas you don't know why you're practicing it. So, the philosophy is the theoretical knowledge you need to understand it all, and that's what we're getting now. And the other thing I would say, religion is that everybody who's written or written all these rules as part of religion have taken parts of the Vedas and the Bhagavad Gita to try and explain it to a common person, yeah. the different <laughs> principles in there. Yeah. So that's one way of interpreting it.
0: That is a very good interpretation. Just Thank you. But well, I'll wake you up because I knew you had some good input. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anybody else? See, all of you can answer this because you've all been, uh, you've all been practicing religion and now You're studying this, so it's basically more your personal experience, isn't it, really? That's what we're asking. Okay. So, Damesha, do you have something?
8: So, in that case, if we, the philosophy is what we're aiming at, and what we're looking at, Mm -hmm. why do we start the session with prayer? If you know that prayer is not the do-all, end-all.
0: Okay, that's a different question altogether.
8: Okay.
0: Yeah, let's answer the first one first, and then maybe that answer will come after we explain. Okay. Anybody else has any input? Okay. So, difference between philosophy and religion. So, as Kevel said, there's four Vedas. Rick Soma Yaju Atharvana Veda. Four Vedas. Eternal truths of life. Who wrote the Vedas? We don't know. Okay, four Vedas. So Hinduism is based on these Vedas, our scriptures. Whatever, Hindu. If you're a Hindu, you're. you're Whatever religion you belong to, if it's based on a Hindu foundation, this is what the foundation is. So, ultimately, this is our spiritual text, just like the Bible is a spiritual text for Christianity. Quran is the book for Islam. For Buddhism, it's the Eightfold Path. So just like they are for that particular religion, the Vedas are for Hinduism. Everyone, everyone with me there? So each Veda contains instructions on sacrifices, rituals, initiations, initiation ceremonies. These instructions, if you follow them, gives you benefit in the world. Any examples? Ritual initiation sacrifices
2: advantage in benefit in the world. Any examples? We all do it. Damash. When we give pasadi pesa. Pasadi
0: pesa. Donation donation, you do puja. Those are all for for benefit to your personal gain. You do a puja for good harvest in India, puja for baby. We even do puja when we have measles. We do all sorts of pujas for benefit. So the Vedas contains
2: these Rituals, initiations, fire ceremonies, prayers. So we did a prayer in the beginning to give us benefit that we don't argue as a group.
0: That's what the prayer means. We have a good satsang. We learn from each other.
2: That's the prayer. So hopefully we'll benefit from that. So they are in the Vedas. There's nothing wrong with them. Yeah. The end portion of the Vedas contains the philosophy called the Upanishad. Contains knowledge of the Self, the Supreme Reality, God. And these are all written by self-realized souls. So this philosophy is what we're studying. This, this, the end portion of the Vedas is what we're studying in these classes, which is the philosophy. Does that make sense, Yeah. Good. So there are 208 Upanishads or accounts of self-realized souls. And they talk about God. And if you study this text,
0: then it teaches you how to gain self-realization. <laughs> because they've reached it and they're teaching us, saying this is, what we, this is what God is, this is what you need to do, this is how you do it, because they've done it. So they're telling us, follow this path, do this, do that. So, But while we're on that path to reach that goal, the side effect in our life is peace and happiness. Peanut, peace and happiness in the world, we gain.
2: So we may not get to the goal, but a side effect of following that path is that we get peace and happiness, which is what everyone's looking for. Any questions on that, any clarifications? So now, where does religion come in? So
0: religion, They've taken a portion of each Vedas, they've taken a bit of the ritual, a bit of the ceremony, a bit of the prayer, a bit of the philosophy, and they've turned it into a religion. That's why we, uh, religions have all different things. There's a bit of philosophy, rituals, prayers, worship,
2: ceremonies, and it makes it a religion. Now,
0: all religions in the Western world, here, okay, I I didn't go that far, I didn't write it this far. All religions were based, Christianity, Buddhism, Islam, all based on a personality there would be no Christianity without Christ. There'd be no Islam without Muhammad. There'd be no Buddhism without Buddha. And these are all made by their followers. The religions were created, I think the Quran Bible was written 200 years after Christ died. I can't remember about the Quran, how how many years after it was uh, written. So these are all written by followers. All religions are based on the Vedas by the way. They've taken a portion of the Vedas and turned it into a religion. The Vedas is the eternal truths of life. So this is the relationship between religion and philosophy that we're studying. Now most people will, as um, I think Shashi said, uh, would be born into a religion, or they would take on a religion. And you can use religion as a stepping stone, but it's all based on your personality. If you're devotional, then you like the devotion part of the religion. If you're ritualistic, you'll do all the ritual part of the religion. If you like knowledge, philosophy, then you'll take that part of it. And if you feel that it doesn't fulfill you, then you'll carry on looking for further. So the fact that we're taking this class and studying this subject is for people who want the path of knowledge, which we studied. Remember Jnana yoga, last Sunday we said, Jnana yoga is path of knowledge. So people who want more knowledge will take that path. And sometimes religions cannot answer all your questions. Or does not have enough of that knowledge base, because there's, it was made for certain groups of people. Based on cable, different parts of um, time, religions were made depending on the kind of people that were around at the time. People can't read and write. How can they think about God as, as a, from a philosophical point of view if they haven't? than in the education. So then rituals and devotion, and so they take on that. The so different parts were given at different times.
2: Does, does that clarify? Dhanresh?
5: Yes, thank you.
2: Good. Keval? Okay,
0: well.
5: Can I ask a follow-up question?
2: Yes, yeah,
5: certainly. So, if we say religions are sort of uh, extracts from the Vedas, certain portions, does that mean if you follow any one religion, you won't get moksha because you're not understanding this fully? Or, I mean, or like, is it in the Vedas that if you follow a certain set of rules, like, I don't know, if you're ritualistic and you follow all the rituals, you'll still attain moksha? And if you philosophical and you you kind of study the philosophy and understand it and then you'll get your moksha.
0: See, if there was a ritual for moksha, then we'd all be doing it. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) Isn't it? Yeah,
5: fair enough. Rituals
0: can't get you that. Rituals get you limited benefits in the world. So a person who's looking for benefits in the world, he's not looking for moksha, he's looking for benefits in the world. I want more money, Lakshmi Puja. I want more knowledge, Saraswati Puja. I want strength, Hanuman Puja. You know, uh, Ganesh Puja. It's all for benefits in the world. People who are doing it. Some people are doing it for a deeper meaning, but they're backed by knowledge. See? If you haven't got the, the knowledge, then you're only doing it for limited, limited goals
2: in the world because you want to benefit from it. You want that God to help you in the material world.
0: So will religions get you to moksha? It depends how much philosophical uh, aspect it is, which tells you the path to moksha.
2: If it teaches the philosophy of how to reach moksha, then it will. Makes sense. But as somebody
0: suggested that religions are made really to help a group of people uh, to follow at a particular time, as you mentioned as well, you know, um, and there's a lot of do's and don'ts, a lot of control. Um, it's, you're not free,
2: you know, in certain religions, if you leave that religion, that's it, you find your death warrant. So, you don't have the freedom.
0: Any follow-up questions? Any clarifications? Just see why you're laughing.
8: It's not a bad thing either, some religions, because it it stops your desires from coming
0: out. We're not saying that any religion is bad. We're not saying any religion is bad. It has a space and a purpose for everyone. In fact, all of us came from a religion. If it wasn't for the religion we followed, we wouldn't be here today studying this subject.
2: It's a stepping stone for development. But only if you use it for that.
0: Yeah, Because it can also act as a restriction for you to develop.
2: This is the difference. You see, there's no bad religion. So don't, mis- don't misunderstand me. There's no bad religion. And we've all come from a religion. So it's, always, it's been part
0: of our life to our, on our journey. It's just that some people have decided to carry on their journey past the religion. Some people are content
2: with that, staying in religion. It all depends on your vasnaz. Okay, any further follow up questions, clarifications? We've got six minutes. Well, either that was very
0: clear, or you're all now hot and bothered.
8: No, it's very clear. Thank you. Really appreciate it.
0: Any other questions at all pertaining to any Sunday class or any other
2: classes? Okay,
0: cool. There isn't anything else. Arunaben, any questions?
4: No, thank you. Lots to think about, but uh, thank you.
0: Good, good. Plenty, of, plenty to think about. There's never, there's always be enough to think about, trust me, in this subject. All right, well. Thank you very much. That's okay, then we'll uh, catch up on Sunday.
2: Thank you. Thank you
0: for all your contributions, by the way. They're very, very, very useful. As a group.